Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Cool kids be like. Chemistry sucks a D. Adults be like physics, honey, not for me. But we're all just alive for a tinty bit, and science is the best way to understand it. Psycho, we show you studies are bang. Psycho, even scientists can be gay. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense, but we are a sub science here to make things make sense. Today we are talking about the biggest, wildest science of the entire decade. We have our hand shelf here is covered from the bottom to the top. Bam. Greg's obsessed with TikTok. Well, but actually, I'm going so viral I. even. Yeah, Greg has some viral TikToks. It's a crazy platform. I mean, it's you were like, it's your platform, Greg, because you're a child. <laughs> I did just say that. <laughs> I meant like you have the youthful spirit and TikTok is obviously... There's lots of people who aren't children. I like low-hanging fruit, babe. No, I think you're just like, you're quirky and weird, and so you match up with the culture of TikTok in a nice way. I mean, that in a You did a good Michael Bublé impression. For those of you uh, around the world, I meant Michael Bublé. (laughs) I think TikTok's an interesting thing, because I think going into the next year at least, but decade, social media is probably going to transform a lot, and I've read some articles and video essays on what TikTok means for social media. Do you think that Silicon Valley, those companies are going to fall, China's going to take over, and democracy will fall? in America wow. as a nation, well, uh, will U.S. Well, do you think in ten years from now we will be reflecting on our decade and say the U.S. fell? As that's way too dark, maybe. Yeah, to bring let's up. not I'm, go there. Let's not go there. Let's not think too far ahead. Let's be present. Let's be now. Let's be Brene Brown. Well, let's just talk about our own decades before we jump into the episode. Do you think you how was how was your decade? Now Amazing. that this is the this is our last episode of not only 2019 but of the 2010s. That makes me kind of want to barf, <laughs> like just out of nervousness or something. I time is so fleeting and it changes and it just goes by and it's like oh my god are we alone in this universe (laughs) um yeah no i loved my decade i made my dream of becoming a science teacher a reality in such an interesting way you know i was actually able to be a science teacher in the classroom i got to learn about the perks and the benefits and the cons of that and this decade really was you finishing university if you think about that Right, you finished university ten years ago. Oh my god, I I just think that was the last decade. And but that then was this decade. you, yeah, then you yeah. became a teacher. A so science it, teacher, and then it I started really has been science. your post, like secondary education, yeah. like after that. And I do think that we went through our twenties in a way that a lot of our peers didn't, in the sense that the twenties are a time I think for a lot of exploration, trying different jobs, figuring out what you're actually doing in your life in this generation. But for us, it was like we were slammed into this YouTube world at quite a young mm-hmm. age, and we had to grow up not grow up fast, but like become professionals, build a business. Like Mm -hmm. I never had any interest in building a business. I wanted to be a high school science teacher. Yes, I still am. But we had to like literally hire people, fire people, do all these like crazy, crazy things that I think in general, I look back on this decade and I'm like warmed by how proud I am to teach my passion of science to many people. But it was obviously really challenging at the same time too. Mm -hmm. Like I would have loved to have worked in a cafe for two years and like written poetry and been like oh, why do I do I'm Lena Dunham or something like that <laughs> what about you oh my god Lena Dunham and girls that's a part of this decade for sure uh if you're white I'm just if, maybe move on if I'm being honest I think no I had a really good decade overall but I, I coming to the tail end I feel that it's been a struggle for me I I think like I also, I mean, I ended university a little sooner than you because... I had to do science and art, and, you know, they don't really set up the courses that way because the world is messed up. So, anyway, I 
we came into the science world. I worked in a the lab. Then we started met some YouTubers, started doing YouTube. It was a whole wild time, and it was definitely a huge high. And so much happened so fast, so quickly. And now I feel at the tail end of the decade, I'm having to sort of understand what that means for me. Because in the moment, you know, in the 2014, 15, 16, it was just so crazy. All these new things were happening. I don't know that I ever had really time to process it. And it would be like you were like, I want to get a million subscribers. You got that in like less than a year. Right. There were like, you're like, oh, we want five million subscribers. We got that in three years. Like it happened so fast. And now I go, well, I don't. It's not that I don't want 20 million subscribers, but I actually, it's, I don't. Not, it's not a thing that I think is important Meaningful. to me anymore. Yeah. Other than the fact that that would be awesome to have that many people caring about the work and science that we want to share. But I think that's what I'm having to face. What does this all mean now? Now that we got to the place, we, we made this goal, we got Honestly, to it, and I'm a little bit lost. Honestly, I'm like, that. guys, if you're listening to this, like, use the hashtag Side Note Podcast and tell us if you're like this podcast. Because I do think that part of it is that the meaninglessness of YouTube, like, and I think the heart, the one thing that I have really sort of struggled with is unveiling. I was such, I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg as, egg as a gay guy. It's like, do I, am I gay because I like pop culture or do I like pop culture because I'm gay? <laughs> and I've always loved pop culture and I was sort of obsessed with the way that it worked and the genius of like Kanye West, RIP in his cultural zeitgeist. But now that I've like had the veil lifted, it's like, oh my God, like this whole celebrity world, it's so like like vapid and 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 you do you like Jennifer Aniston does care mostly about her friends and family, even though yeah. all these people respect her. And I think for us it's like I even say this sometimes, I miss being a teacher because that's when a student would come up to me and look me in the face and be like, Oh my God, it was so interesting what you said today. And then I would like cry. Mm-hmm. Whereas we do all of this work and the numbers keep going up and the comments keep growing and I think sometimes the comments are so negative or we focus on the negative maybe a bit too much that we haven't maybe been able to feel the impact yeah for me that's what I want to go into the next year and decade changing our perspective really having it focus more on like the meaning of the work that we do because I don't know I don't know why I'm I'm having a hard time articulating what I feel because there's a bit of sadness and bitterness in me over like where it's brought me to and all these things that I was excited like what like be like what do you mean what what things are you bitter about? Oh my God. I guess in me, I, I've had to face the world of entertainment and realize in some ways it's really toxic and unhealthy and makes me unhappy. And yet it's my career. It's my job. If I let go of it, I'm potentially risking the future of my life. And like, those are the thoughts that go through my mind. Hmm. Um, but like you said, I think a, a lot of people who have been in the industry a long time and have been very successful, that's a stage. You have to come to terms yes. with that and yeah, then yeah. say, there's also amazing beautiful things that come out of this and i can focus on the things that matter and do my work in this space and it doesn't have to weigh me down just that there is also so much negativity that comes around this watch bojack horseman i think it'll help yeah maybe i should i think that's i'm hoping to go into the next decade changing that perspective and saying you know i'm in a hard time with the fact that like there are so many negative things in this world as well as in the industry we work in but i want to change my perspective to focus on the positive aspects and bring that out for everyone write your alanis morissette jagged little pill album right now while you're at it it's coming honestly like (laughs) to like channel this stuff because it's all probably pretty like yeah it doesn't help though when you're like feeling depressed to actually get up and do work True. I'm like, how did she write that album? Because was she... Well, she was more angry, I would say. Okay, I would say fair. she was Anger is more of a motivator than yeah. like feeling sad. I think feeling sad can really make you be like, well, I don't want to do anything. Not that I'm in that deep of a sadness. I just mean, for me, it's a very big transition period. Wow. Comment Corner. Okay, did you guys miss that jingle? Because yes, I did. We haven't back. done a Comment Corner in a while. We thought... End of the year, it'd be nice to see some of the nice things you guys have said to us and take them in because we're not always that good at taking compliments. So I collected just Assuming a couple. Assuming they're complimentary comments. Well, I mean, I, I have filtered them. There were <laughs> okay. a couple. I was thinking about putting a few that were like had some, not negative, but constructive criticism. Uh, a lot of the ones that are criticism on iTunes are like, it's so chaotic, I can't keep up with it. What the hell are they talking about? Why does that one sound like a honey badger? (laughs) But these ones are very nice. And uh, just before I say them, thank you all so much who's who's given us iTunes reviews that are so thoughtful, so kind. Also, chaos is fascinating. (laughs) 
Yes, defend us, girl. <laughs> um, if you guys want to leave us iTunes reviews, it means a lot. We don't know if it actually helps algorithmically no, or whatever. No, apparently it does. People still say that. And I love reading the iTunes reviews. It's so nice. So here's a couple. One's from It's Brenda, my favorite podcast ever. You guys are so freaking funny. I regularly listen Aww. to this when walking to school slash work slash grocery shopping and probably looking like a maniac because you'll say something that causes me to spontaneously laugh when I'm just walking around. So thank you for that. Oh, that warms me. Me too, because I chose that one especially because I feel that way about some other podcasts like I'll be in the grocery store and feel like I'm gonna start scream laughing and I'm like people are gonna think I'm crazy and to know that other people might listen to our podcast and feel that people way actually makes, makes me feel really happy to be honest that's nice I love it's Brenda Brenda okay uh, another one love who's this from to- topo is oh marais topo is a marais I don't know what topo marais is I it like know. a is this it one literally favorite- a protein, like ASE? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is one of my favorite podcasts. I want to be best friends with Greg and Mitch. Oh, you are. Your rambling intertwined with science is literally my day-to-day life, and this is the exact chaos I want to make part oh of my, my God. day. Thanks for making this podcast. Please never stop. Very cute. Oh, uh, that's so nice. It's like a nice- Yeah, even in the positive of chaos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then one last one from Groovy Diamonds. Should we call our podcast, should we change the name to Chaos? Chaos. <laughs> Like, I'm into it. Thinking about it. Okay. Come back in 2020. And you'll Chaotic see. energy. Um, This one. As a fellow LGBTQ family member, I love how open you guys are to just about anything. I'm a 13-year-old living in the capital of Canada and loving science. Love you guys. Wait, but I'm not gay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. No, oh, that's really they're from sweet. Ottawa. It's yeah. probably really cold right and now. And a young queer person. Also, I always am like, do young people listen to podcasts? So thank you so much because sometimes I feel like that's where you know you're on TikTok. And if you're not listening to podcasts, we are on TikTok at <laughs> ASAP Sci Guys. Check us out. <laughs> that was great. Oh, that warmed me. Thank you. Oh, what did we learn this week? I have something that is better for you and not so good for me, what? but it's <laughs> arbitrary. So they have done this study. This one was in Italy. Found out people who eat hot peppers four times a week have a 23% reduction in mortality what? by all causes and a 34% reduction in death by cardiovascular disease. Okay, this seems like one of those weird... Okay, like, so here, okay. hear me out. It wow. seems weird. <laughs> Your eyes. <laughs> this study had 22,000 people in it from Italy. A similar study in China was done with 500,000 people and one in the US of 16,000 and they've all come to the same result. It reduces mortality. Because your body is like your heart rate's increasing. They honestly, that's the problem. They have no idea. So they believe it's because of the capsaicin. Um, but don't you think that there's probably an extraneous variable? People who eat hot peppers so are more likely is, to be ad- They had a bunch of theories. They were like, they, they thought maybe people who are eating more peppers have a better diet. Nope, it had nothing to do with their diets. Even people who were unhealthy eating more peppers had lower cause of death. Okay. Um, they <laughs> thought maybe capsaicin was related to weight loss. No, it's not related to that. So they don't have a probable mechanism for it. They just know that people who eat more hot and spicy foods on a regular basis have lower uh, mortality rates. Okay, well, run to no frills and let's get some hot peppers. Yeah, I guess, but that's when I was like, but hot peppers actually give me, like, problems. Like, when I eat too much, I like spicy food, but then I'm like, A, get heartburn. B, this is TMI, but, like, on the other end, it's, like, very uncomfortable for me. Oh, I love a little ting on the other end. No, but mine's not just a little ting. It's like, no, this is actually a problem. Um, (laughs) So I'm like, that can't be good for me to be getting heartburn and stuff like that. This is so weird because I'm actually, like, the whitest person ever. I'm 99.9% Northwestern European, (laughs) according to 23andMe. Also, I have more Neanderthal DNA than 87% of the world's population. But you That's are cute. half Indian, so I'm confused why I'm the one eating capsaicin. Well, you maybe maybe I didn't grow up actually eating. I think it is something that it's cultural, and I, I didn't eat a lot. Of, like, we did have spicy food, but we never ate super spicy foods at home. Even our curries were pretty mild. So maybe your parents just exposed you to spicier but foods. But I don't remember my parents... I guess, yeah, I guess maybe they did, but I was never thinking. You grew up in the city, so you probably tried a lot of more different different foods than I would have growing up. So it was more of a nurture versus a nature. Okay, well, I I have no idea. Whatever, I'm going to keep eating those hot peps. Yeah, I thought it was like pretty interesting. And somebody. I still don't don't buy it. I think there's an extraneous variable. There there probably is, but it might be something to do. I mean, obviously, there's lots of chemicals and lots of um, elements inside of uh, pepper, so it 
I don't know. There could be a unique interaction. It might not just be the capsaicin. Yeah, or it's like people who eat hot peppers are more likely to eat a diverse array of foods. Therefore, their microbiome. But that's what they. These are the things that they counted out. The studies look for those. Okay, you're yelling. I'm I'm yelling. No, uh, and if I saw some people talking about this, so this is not a scientific perspective, but I thought it was interesting. Veritasium, who has a science channel on YouTube, just recently released a video on aging which I haven't watched, so this is like not good that I am talking about it. But people were like, oh, is it related to that mechanism? Because there was something about putting your body through stress. One of the hypotheses is maybe capsaicin puts your body into stress mode because remember, it triggers the heat sensors in your body. Mm-hmm. Like it, your body actually thinks Literally it's pain, in danger. Yeah. As a result, it's maybe trying to repair your body and it doesn't need to. So then you actually like end up repairing parts of your body that otherwise wouldn't be. Well, yeah, because then That's also, just uh, out there theory. That was not proposed by these scientists. Yeah, okay. I, don't, I don't need to just be like, no, no, no. no I no, thought no. it was cool. No, 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 no. It is cool, uh, and I'm going to continue to eat hot peppers. I'm not, I'm not going to not listen to this and like go ham with the spicy. <laughs> okay, what did you learn this week? Okay, so I learned about an author named Octavia Butler. So I'm going to sit here and tell everyone that they should read her books. So I didn't know. I'd heard of her before. Uh, she is sort of like spearhead something called Afrofuturism. I know that she was a really famous science fiction author. And so I finally decided that I was going to like read one of her books and I am blown away. It is so good. It's called the one that I'm reading right now is called Parable of the Sower. And honestly, like knowing that it was like st- it's studied a lot in universities or in high schools made me think like, OK, I'm going to read this, but like mm-hmm. it's going to be like tough. I'm like, I can't get over how like it's entertaining and like fascinating and brilliant it is in a way that's not like I would recommend it to anyone Mm -hmm. like it's so like entertaining I think is the word I'm looking for when I hear about things that are like studied Mm -hmm. so it's based in 2025 which is very soon (laughs) she is uh, an older author she's actually passed away which made me really sad when I found that out because I just think I don't know not that I would have ever met her but (laughs) she just is a brilliant mind so it's based, in, it's based in 2025 near Los Angeles when climate change has like really taken over and people are living in these like walled cities and it's about this young black girl who has uh, like hyper empathy. So she takes on the actual feelings of whoever she sees and life is really hard in this sort of day and age. So it's a lot of like negative emotions. It's a page turner, makes you think about science. It's just like one of those brilliant science fiction books that I just like, I'm so like, I kind of feel... Like, I'm in a good mood walking around in my life just because I'm, like, reading this, like, amazing book. And so I want to do on our Instagram, like, the top 10 books of the year. I feel like for the first time in my life, I read, like, so many books and so many of them were science fiction. I feel like I finally have, like, a hold on how I love science fiction, I've realized, which is, like, cool. Um, and yeah, this one like really stands out. So like I learned about her first book and I'm going to try and read all of them now. She has I'll a bunch try of and them. read it. I don't know that I love science books and I like science fiction movies, but I haven't read a lot of science fiction books for some reason. I read Annihilation, which was the David Chang short, uh, mm-hmm. short form science fiction books this year, which were amazing. That might be a good start because they're short stories. So you don't have to commit as much. It was like a nice end to it. Um, that, so you mentioned also reading a lot of books this year. I felt that way too. It makes you realize how planning and goal making actually helps a lot. Like remember the you beginning said of goal. this year. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I, I surpassed it. And I know we maybe mentioned this on the last podcast, but I really want to try bullet journaling into the new year because I've realized it's such a way to track your goals and to track not, there's a part of it that bothers me where it's like, I don't want my whole life to just have to be about like goals and outdoing myself and being great. But there is a level where it like, it feels good to, I think that when you talked earlier about you feeling like yeah, a little whatever off. set lost. I'm like, I do think you are someone who needs a goal yeah. and then needs to accomplish it. So yeah, if, right if now I feel I'm your... kind of floating in space, like just doing stuff, but not necessarily yeah. trying to get you somewhere might, with it. It's okay. I think yeah. you might just be motivated. You might be a goal driven person. Isn't mm-hmm. that what people put on resumes? <laughs> I guess I don't know how to make a resume in freaking so long. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about that. What would our resume even look like? I'd be like YouTuber question mark. <laughs> like, do you want that? Video editor. Yeah. <laughs> like the reader. <laughs> Was that right? Was that the space? I thought you were, space yes, but you added an extra bang bow early. But that's okay. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, wait. I'm gonna speed it up so that people aren't like bow, 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 bow. 
Yeah, I know. What did I do? That's what I did. Um, anyways, okay, so we are going to go through the top science stories of the freaking decade, of the aughts. In 10 years, we're going to be doing the same thing of the 20s. Mm-hmm. Imagine we have this podcast still in 10 years. I hope so. No, it's going to be a cyborg podcast. We're not. We're going to be like getting, everyone's going to have hearing aids made by Bose, and we're gonna, there's going to be no such thing as a podcast. That didn't make sense. <laughs> um, so here was our rule. We made a rule that we were only allowed one either discovery or story or something each year. Yes. Okay. So we're going to start with 2010. So Mitch, you are going to go first. Take us take us back now, y'all. Yeah, give us a little cultural. So for those listening, like we are also making a video about this. We're going to give little cultural moments to bring you back to the decade. 2010, this is what was going on. Instagram was just released, which what? is crazy to me because for some reason it feels like it's been part of culture more than like... 10 years no wonder we're all addicted and don't know what we're doing it's so new okay. it's also pretty crazy that it has had such a hold on culture for a whole decade wow. the ipad was just invented what yeah so tablets didn't exist before that or i mean i shouldn't say that maybe some other companies had tablets before i don't okay. know if, i don't know i feel so old Continue. lady gaga wore the meat dress Wait, Lady Gaga was famous before the iPad? What? That is crazy. Yeah, she is that ahead of her time. <laughs> oh, my God. And One Direction was formed. Oh, and here we topic. are with Harry Styles doing solo. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I saw someone tweet or do something on the internet. Like It was like, oh, Simon Cowell has a quote where he's like, they can't be successful as solo artists. That's why we're putting them together. And then someone was like, Liam Payne releases an album. I know, and it literally <laughs> proved like- it. <laughs> He's so cringy. I love. Okay, let me get into the science. Let me get into the science. Wait, can we talk about One Direction? I love. No, no, that's not what this is about. UNI is a great song. Continue. Okay, so in 2010 was also the year that scientists in a South African cave discovered two million-year-old fossils of a new species called Australopithecus sediba, which is potentially a direct ancestor to humans. Wow. So it's like your great, 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 she might have been bisexual. Or bipedal. Bipedal? I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm so that. happy that she stood up because honestly, if we were still walking around on all fours, that would be disgusting. Right. But Lucy represents an ancestor to humans uh, that uh, speaks to a time when primates started standing up and walking. And it That's helped. very Lamarckian of us to say, but like, yes, over the course of evolution. What do you mean? Like, it's not like she stood up and then we all stood up. Oh, no, no, no. But she is as fossil found that shows, like, within the hips and whatever she was standing. And the reason she's significant is because her brain had not gotten bigger. Like, they thought that the human brains developed before standing. And they thought that that's why they stand. But it was actually, like, standing likely developed first. But this new species almost exists as like a transitional species. It's not confirmed that it necessarily was like Lucy to this species to eventually Homo sapiens, but it just gives like an interesting look where this species has been found and there's all these traits like the the teeth and the forearms that are really look similar like humans. to humans and then some traits that still look more primitive like they have really flexible feet and they have really long forearms well we have we have all those crazy bones in our feet that are left over from when we were apes that are like the reason why our feet are so messed up all the time because we don't need them anymore so mm-hmm. just because they had flexible feet or feet that were doesn't mean they were doesn't mean that they weren't like an ancestor to us because we have way too many bones in our feet did you know that the perfect foot for the way that we walk or the best foot for the way that we walk would be an ostrich foot based on how now that we're standing now that we're standing like oh if if, if evolution continues eventually we'd end up with ostrich feet that's kind of cool so it's like the dinosaurs had it right didn't they yeah didn't they basically have some until they got absolutely wiped out (laughs) (laughs) it's like i'd love to be a velociraptor to be honest i don't know i was obsessed with them as kids did you know that ferns thrived after that like asteroid hit and then that's like all the animals that came after were like so good at eating ferns isn't it cute to think of the world like covered in just eating ferns i love ferns that's cute um anyway i thought that was a really really cool it was a big discovery like i said sometimes some scientists today uh, contend would rather say they they are not an ancestor but they just lived they coexisted and that there were many different species that we're discovering now that like had human-like characteristics and i actually saw an interview by someone who was part of the discovery who was like i also want to make clear that there's no such thing as a missing link. Like, 
it's possible that all sorts of different species were interbreeding. When you think about how yes, we've recently yeah, yeah, discovered yeah. that Neanderthal DNA exists in humans. Hello, I have yeah, it. <laughs> Did you know that Neanderthals also had loud, high-pitched voices? They were the first uh, people to ever wear clothes, and they put flowers down for their dead. So I like to think that I don't have a gay voice. I have a Neanderthal voice because <laughs> I think they were all gay, which is maybe why they were wiped out. Possibly. I don't – yeah, okay. So and either way, to wrap this up, Australopithecus, Australopithecus sediba, even if it's not a direct ancestor, has helped them understand the like large range of early hominins and how they use tools and their functionality and their bodies, which has given a bit more context to the big question of where do we come from. But unlike us, they weren't for sure homos. Okay, <laughs> moving on. It's 2011, okay? Beyonce drops her mic and shows off her belly. I screamed at that time. I literally... <laughs> screamed and like ran and told my parents and they were like what is happening like <laughs> um bridesmaids is a hit so funny but yeah, also so good. weirdly sad movie like in the middle it's like really good acting and yeah. i was like i was like i'm like i'm crying they pulled off <laughs> yeah. like a rom-com like it was really funny but i was like why am i so sad <laughs> speaking of it she was in her 30s slump like we should watch bridesmaids bridesmaids now oh was that literally she, she was like wrote- 31 and like Aww. sad Okay, maybe that's just a um, time of life. And Charlie Sheen had a meltdown. Eye roll, who cares? Um, so, the end of this year, though, came with the discovery of the planet Kepler-22b. Ooh. Which, if you don't... I re- love these kinds of things. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Earth-like planet. Yeah, so it was an Earth-like planet. It was discovered... Uh, so, how it works is that the Kepler telescope would have found 22 stars by the time it found this planet. So, Kepler-22b means it's the 22nd star that the Kepler telescope found... And there was a planet around it, which they just called B. <laughs> In my opinion, I'm like, let's call this something a little more exciting, a little, a little more spicy, hot pepper callback. Uh, because I feel like a lot of people don't remember this. But it's a really good contender for a planet that would potentially have life on it because it's in the Goldilocks zone around its sun. Mm-hmm. It's 2.5 times bigger than Earth. So it's, it's, it's bigger than Earth, but it still has like it's an Earth-like size. Yep. The composition of it is likely covered in water. So they don't think that it'll be as there wouldn't be as much land mass as there is potentially on Earth. But still, within water, there could be lots of life. Uh, let's picture mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a mermaid island, mermaid planet. Wait, I, I, it blows my mind how they figured this out. Yeah. So it's all through like it, it, so it's 600 light years away, which is obviously so far. If you think about it, it would, no, it's nothing. It would take That's nothing. 600 years for light to get there from Earth. But when you actually read about astronomy, you realize like the black hole, for instance, was 55 million light years away. So mm. 600, not to say 600 light years away is close in any means, but, relative but it's relatively too. close. So they can get more information, but they still don't have this. This is me spec like mer like imagine as a scientist finding out that I was telling people there were mermaids on this thing. They would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Shut up. No, this is me. <laughs> imagination station. But if they had an atmosphere similar to Earth is under the assumption based on the composition of what they know, it would be the average temperature of around 22 degrees celsius which we know is an ideal temperature for life but yeah, they might not have the that atmosphere they this out? no they don't People are know so if it has the oh. like i love i'm like i just keep backtracking i'm like no, oh, no, no. that's just if like they had that, yeah so they're only saying like there's only so many planets mm. that actually orbit in this way that actually sort of exist with these specific parameters that have water the way that this one does so it it is if if it had the atmosphere like us which mm-hmm. is still would be a probably quite an amazing thing it would then have that average temperature which is another reason why it was such an exciting discovery it's nice to look back on these it's just like humans are so smart i know we're not in so many ways but when you look at the scientific discoveries the fact that we can look at something 600 light years away or 55 million light years away and have understanding about it is it's honestly what does that even mean you know sometimes i'm like how did what do you mean what does that mean oh i just am like it means it that it's the most mind. amazing thing. Yeah, yeah, I think it means that like humans, like collectively, like we can't our even brain, comprehend that. But distance. I mean, people kind of like can't. Oh, well, the distance. Oh, I yeah. I just yeah. mean the universe. All of this, we're able to go like, no, there's something 600 light years away that we're learning about. In that gives us context of the whole universe, which then just starts to melt your mind when you think about. Well, I think that that to me is why I think. That's why I love science. That's why I think it's the most meaningful thing in the world. I actually think it has so much meaning. It's like, that is the meaning. That's the only thing that 
really matters. You know what I mean? Like, it is, what is the meaning? Like, why are we here? Science is the only place that I find the most tangible information that really starts to put things together. In honestly, I get, sh I get shivers. I think I want to be more spiritual moving forward just for the own sake of my brain. But when it, it's hard for me because where I actually get answers and where things really start to click for me are within, like, these types of stories mm -hmm. and within science. And, like, we'll get to this year's, which spoiler alert is the black hole image but like <laughs> when they did that like when you learn about how that was done with all those telescopes and working together it's like oh my god mm. humans are so so intelligent and especially it really when they work shows together. you the power of working together and coming together as a species what we can accomplish that that leaves gives me hope for for every issue in the world you see the power of bringing people together from all over the world to figure these things out it it does it does give you hope. We truly just need an alien invasion to bring our species together. Well, I would say that that is climate change. Sorry, yeah, I'm but yelling. If it, but some people don't believe it, <laughs> I know people would be like, "Those aliens are actually good. Let's join the aliens." We'd be like, "No." <sighs> okay. Anyway, sorry. All right, 2012. We were supposed to die, but didn't. Wait, why were we supposed to die? I don't, wasn't it like the Mayan calendar ended or something? Oh my God! Yes. I know. I kind of forgot why, but it was all those movies were made about like the end of. Oh the yeah, world. the movie 2012. Yes. Uh, which is famously bad, but a cult phenomenon, right? Like, don't people love it? I, I don't know. know people loved it, but to <laughs> each their own. Uh, but yeah, so I think it was because the Mayan calendar did, like, but it was misread. As soon as 2012 passed, everyone was like, oh my God, we misread the Mayan calendar. It was just, they forgot to continue. They they died. Um, but it was also the year of Gangnam Style. Oh my God. Which made me feel weird, because I was like, we started YouTube. I remember the YouTube Rewind with Gangnam Style. But we had just started YouTube. Well, because then. we would have then known what re YouTube Rewind was, I right? I guess. Wait, yeah, what, just, why does that make you I weird? thought it would have been later. It just like we started YouTube in 2012. I just thought they didn't Gangnam start. Gangnam Style does feel more recent than that. I don't know why. Because people are still at weddings unless like, what's up Gangnam Style? Unless that was included in the year after it was his other song or something. I don't know. No, I think that does make sense for that long ago. Yeah. It's just that time freaking Also, call me maybe. Our queen. Carly Rae. That was came then? To prominence. Wow. Uh, the Avengers came out. Obama was reelected. Occupy Wall Street. And then I wanted to include this as one of the science things, but I chose something else. So the Mars Curiosity rover landed. So that's not the one you chose? It's not the one. Okay. So for 2012, the biggest science discovery, and I think it's undeniably the biggest one in a long time, uh, after five decades of trying to find it, they found a particle called the Higgs boson. Higgy, higgy, higgy. Yeah, I, rem I remember this time. I right? remember sitting up, like, I mean, sitting like, up. What? I remember sitting up. I remember <laughs> sitting, but I, this would have been, like, around ASAP Science, maybe the very beginning, and, like, reading, like, so obsessed with reading about it at my, like, kitchen table at my parents, and then starting to watch YouTube videos about it. Like explainer <laughs> science videos, you yeah. know what I mean? Like prior to yeah, us like metaphysics, making them. Yeah. Like and being all like, the physics oh people. my God, that's amazing. Like they've been doing this for a lot longer than us because we were they watching have. their videos. And then I'm always like, they're way smarter than us. Oh yeah, they're <laughs> physicists. Are you kidding? <laughs> um, either way, it, in 1964, it was predicted. Uh, so Peter Higgs and ad five other scientists proposed the Higgs mechanism, which was meant to help explain why particles have mass. So they didn't actually understand why, like, what. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
a particle's mass, but this implied the existence of the Higgs boson. And then you may have heard of the Large Hadron Collider, where they like slam particles I'm together. Obsessed with that. Yeah. So it's un un if you don't know what it is, it's this giant 27 kilometer underground ring in Geneva. It's the largest high energy particle collider in the world. In 2012, they were able to prove the existence of the Higgs boson. It's very like James Bond. What? Oh, like the actual concept the of it. That's like, like this underground. Yeah, like the, sh like the shootout would happen there at the end of it. Yeah, true. They'd be in there and they'd be like, oh, we have to stop the God particle from yeah, like, blowing oh up my the God. earth. Yeah, like this crazy <laughs> man's going to make it actually kill us all. <laughs> That's so true. And no one would even know because he would do it so stealthily. Or she. We're going to progress. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to happen in the 20s. A female James Bond. Continue. Jane Continue. Bond. What? Well, that's mostly it. The particle gives mass to all other subatomic elements like electrons and protons. And it was the final piece of something called the standard model, which is a theory of fundamental particles and how they interact. I love the standard model. I believe in it even. Yeah. I feel, t if I'm being fully honest, I was watching a bunch of videos on the Higgs boson recently and was still like, I'm not sure I fully understand this. It's definitely a physics smart person thing. I think I get a, a, the basics of it. But as I was even watching a Veritasian's video, I was like, I You're don't like, we discovered the Higgs boson. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's being explained. But that just goes to show how smart some people in this world are. And thank goodness they exist. Oh, my gosh. I know. I, when we went to that breakthrough prize, I sat with some of the most like prolific mathematicians and physicists. And it was truly astounding to talk to them and like to even like they would eventually get somewhere with explaining things to me and actually I had just like read a bunch of Sean Carroll's books so I was mostly picking their mind and being like About this is what I think this means can you like, like tell right me if I'm wrong? right and they go they would go like yeah like you're right but like for sure you don't like get fully it. get it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like they just like they'd be like that is right like the words you said are right mm -hmm. but like the fact that you've stopped talking and ended there means that you don't understand like the substantiating things underneath so it is 2013, and in Game of Thrones, there's the Red Wedding, which I won't go into in case you haven't seen it, but that'd be wild if you haven't seen Game of Thrones yet. Uh, what does the fox say? The Gangnam Style of that year, right? Kind of like Yeah, I forgot song. about that song. Did they ever do anything else? The one-hit one, that definition of a one-hit wonder. Yeah, but it was great. I had fun with that song. Me too, <laughs> and dance. Um, and Chris Hadfield sang in space. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, that was beautiful i remember hearing that they had to take it down at one point but then it was such an uproar that they had to take it down that then they got a lot it was something to do with the rights they were only allowed to have it for a month and then it went so viral and then when it had to be taken down people were like so upset that they like got it back and they're like david bowie would have wanted this exactly wow okay that's interesting i didn't know that so on may 9th of 2013 the mauna loa observatory in hawaii recorded that for the first time in human history, atmospheric levels of carbon dioxide had reached 400 parts per million. Mm. So this is sad, especially now, thinking back and being like, this was definitely an alarm call at the time to be like, we need to fix this, mm -hmm. and we haven't. Um, so in this to give context, in the 1700s, uh, we were at 280 parts per million of CO2 in the atmosphere. So this is before the Industrial Revolution, which is, in fact, what has created the biggest issue for us as humans is burning fossil fuels and for our own transportation and for our own lives. Right. So uh, this actual, the Mauna Lua Observatory uh, was built in 1958, and its first reading was 315 parts per million of CO2. So by the time 2013 rolls along is when we hit 400 mm. uh, parts per million. And so what that means is that Obviously, carbon dioxide is increasing in our atmosphere. This year, in 2019, the recording was 414 parts per million. So we are still going up and up. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not, there's not that right, much there's else no to say. There's no way to, like, wrap that up lightly. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, there really isn't. But Well, here's what I'll yeah. say in a positive light. I do think – so 2013 is quite a while ago, and I really think – the conversation has changed since then. Yes. I think a lot of people are talking about it. And I also think there's been huge differences in the cost for wind and solar. Like those things are transforming. We now have those, they can be cheaper than fossil fuels. And there's companies that are leading the way showing, think of, I don't know if, Obviously, electric cars probably existed then, but nowadays, if you go to a car dealership, you're going to see electric cars. And I don't know if you really would have then. Like, you're right. I don't know. I think that even thinking 2013 is not that long ago, but I do think a lot has changed in the conversation and in the tangible steps. Of course, it's going to take even more to bring those numbers down. But that is a good way of looking impact, at it. But that's only like five or six years ago. Well, right. 
seven. <laughs> just <laughs> to be mad. Just trying to make myself right. feel better. You're right. You are right. That's the best way to look at it. And honestly, we should move on because there's not much else to say without me going down my doomsday path. And yeah, right. but just knowing and checking, okay, scientists have been saying this for a long time. Sometimes I get upset because I see people say like, oh, here's all the prediction scientists had wrong and it just feels like very cherry picking when there they, is clearly a path to scientists saying these things also year on year. i just read an article in science magazine the most recent one about how literally reflecting on it all the scientists have been right like oh, it's I like know, we don't but people don't. are able to find like wild predictions that some random scientists might have yeah. made you know and then they they put that together for a narrative of like see all these predictions are so wrong how can they possibly know where things are going to go in 75 years but if every year we're refining it and knowing, okay, it's following mm. the trend and here's our window or our margin of error, I think it's it's just, yeah. And it is the most carbon dioxide that's been in our atmosphere in at least 800,000 years. Mm -hmm. So humans have never even existed with this much carbon dioxide. So, yep, we need to figure it out. Yeah. Okay, moving on. 2014. 2014 was the ice bucket challenge. Remember how viral that oh was? Oh, my God. That um, also, one of my faves, Adele Dazeem. Oh, <laughs> The wickedly talented Adele, Adele Dazeem. So feel, funny. Did we ever get an answer of why he said that? Was he just like brain farting and just said it? I honestly think he just panicked. But it's like they have a teleprompter. I still need to know the answer to that. You couldn't see it, okay. right? That was the funniest thing so ever. So good. Um, Flappy Bird exploded this <gasps> year. It was technically made the year before, but it blew up in 2014. I remember literally playing that for like a month. And do you remember the guy kind of went crazy? Who what? made it? He was making like a million dollars a day. Um, and then it just like made him go not insane. He he took the app down. You couldn't get it because he was like, I, "This is so toxic, and I don't want this much money." He's definitely at a silent retreat somewhere right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex from Target blew up. I also looked him up, and it's like he had a really hard time because he oh. he didn't mean for that to happen. Someone else recorded. Wait, what him. is Alex from Target? Someone just like recorded this cute young like fifteen year old boy working at Target. And was TikTok like, vibes. Vine. Very. It was probably Vine. He blew up. He went on Ellen. He was like on oh, all these yeah. things. And he was just like a young, cute boy. And then he kind of became a social media thing. But then he, I was following up like, where is Alex from Target? He eventually got rid of social media. He's like, he had a manager like take advantage of him and like oh, steal no. tens of thousands of dollars from him. And just like, it sounded sad because he He's was like. He's also at a silent retreat somewhere with the Flappy Bird yeah, guy. I know his Instagram's gone. I checked. What it about damn Daniel? <laughs> Uh, last thing was Oscar's selfie. Remember, it was like the most liked Twitter picture of all time was like Ellen. Oh, and it was like on an iPhone, even though she was supposed to be advertising Android so. or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was also the first time in human history that we landed a probe on a comet. Which oh, is pretty cool. I, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So it was called the Rosetta spacecraft. Yeah. It technically launched in 2004. And it had to, like, go around Mars and Earth to get the steam and get, it's like, they use, like, gravity assist to fly it out into space yeah. to meet up with the comet. Um, and basically, the comet flies between Jupiter and Mars, so it's on this rotation, so they obviously had to calculate the perfect way that it could so meet cool. up with the comet and then start orbiting around the comet, which is, like, insane to think about as well. Uh, and ultimately, it got there in 2014. It started doing a handful of rotations around the comet to just analyze the outside. And then it sent down a probe that was the size of a dishwasher down to the comet to do some surface analysis. And this is where shit went crazy. I love the size <laughs> of a dishwasher. That's such a like science article thing about the size of a dishwasher. Yeah, it helps you understand like part of the, yeah. the probe that they send down is actually not that not big. That big. But basically, this probe had a bunch of malfunctions on the way down. Like, its harpoons didn't shoot out. It's, uh, what was it called? Like, it's blasters that were supposed to help it. <laughs> I'm looking for a word here, but I can't find oh it. Oh, my God. Poor little So baby. it started bouncing because the gravity's not very I strong. I remember this. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like a very it, like, fell sideways moment. or something. Yeah, so it bounced all over. And then the way that it fell meant that the solar powered part of it couldn't actually optimally get the sun sunlight Aww. and so they were like okay hey, we have three days before it dies this is armageddon vibes yeah so they collected as much data as they could and then they hoped once it died that it would eventually end up you know aligning properly with enough solar power it, ne it would kind of come in intermittently but it never really functioned again so i think they retired it but they connected some or sorry they collected a handful of data so not only did they get the first images from a comet's surface Ever, which is pretty cool. It was also revealed that water on a comet is very different in its makeup to our own on Earth, which I thought was really cool. I'd never thought about how, like, because comets are often made of ice and they have 
So they went and drilled down and realized its chemical makeup and structure was different, which means there's a theory that Earth's water came, came from, from a comet, water. and so this helped to suggest that that's actually not true and that huh. it maybe more likely came from an asteroid. So is that little probe just, like, still on that comet flying? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And I wonder if one day it might have an... Like, I don't know if they still check in on it. I think they retired the mission. Make but a Disney movie about that, a Pixar movie, where true. it comes to life. And it's like like oh, a oh, Wally. Yeah. And it's, like, 5,000 years in the and future. And call it Space Trash. <laughs> Wow, I love that one. I remember that. That's so intense. That's mm-hmm. that is like a Disney movie without a Disney ending because it kind of didn't work. But they uh, still got that cool information. Yeah, no, I know. But it probably yeah. costs like billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> for like the three days. But, but that's, that's still cool. important. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 2015. Oh one more year before we take a little break. Yeah. Okay. So this is our last one before a break. It's when we started saying Netflix and chill, which oh for parents out there actually means making out. No. Maybe even sex with oh a condom. Um, there was the dress debate, oh. which was our most viral video until the, time, the yeah. Yanny Laurel debate. I know. It's like we need another weird like, illusion. Come on, people. <laughs> <laughs> and also, most importantly, pizza rat. Um, oh my god I forgot about all these things but these are starting to come more into like my consciousness of more recent times but this is 2015 so 2015 is the year that we all started to become obsessed with all dressed crispers jokes just crisper (laughs) oh crisper (laughs) yeah yeah also known as clustered regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats for people who don't know what crisper is what what is it okay (laughs) yeah I love how you're like come on Greg (laughs) (laughs) Also, CRISPR-Cas9 is the right way of putting it. So the best way to contextualize it without getting into too much detail is that it's like genetic scissors, which is the Cas9 part. Essentially, you're able to splice and dice and add and repeat within genes. Mm. You can add genes. You can take genes out. You can genetically modify genes in a much more easy way, and you can do it in animals. And I think what we would say is you could do it in humans and that's what the big ethical concern right. of from 2015 onward has become yeah but this was the year where it first started to become you would have been reading about it in headlines you maybe would again become a household name people will start to talk about this brill there's an amazing short story i read literally about like what the world would be like after crispr sort of becomes something that we all start to use to genetically modify our kids mm-hmm. a very sci-fi concept that actually is real yeah. and I would just say that one story from the year that's the most tangible one is that pigs, they obviously could see a future where in order to get organs in humans more easily, they could like use them from pigs, essentially farm pigs for their organs. But there's so many aspects of why that doesn't work. There's a specific protein, well, a gene codes for a protein on on the surface of pig cells that when put in humans causes human's blood to clot so what they did is they just literally turned that gene off so mm. that protein so that is no they longer could use pig organs in humans yes wow. more easily and so they did they actually modified 60 genes in pigs successfully that year really showing that CRISPR was working in the way that they thought that it could and that it should so mm. that was sort of like the first year it came onto the public discourse and then since then obviously there have been yeah, a handful a story. of stories. Yeah, one of my you know, later years touches on CRISPR again. Okay, cool. Let's just leave it at that because we're going to get into CRISPR all the time. And in fact, CRISPR will be one that we talk about in the 20s. I think. Yeah. Things are going to go in the next crazy. decade. At least in the next few decades, it's really going to be a big question. Oh, my Especially God. as different countries get involved and have different, like, you know, comfort levels with uh, experimenting with gene yeah, modification. Yeah, China, you so. already did it. Ooh, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll touch that. Let's, let's take a little break, and then we'll come back for the second half of the decade. All right, we are at 2016. Things are feeling a little more familiar now. We've got Stranger Things, which to me feels like it just, I guess it has been out for like four years now. Did you watch that? I did, and you never did. No. I loved the first season, and then I just kind of fell off for no particular reason. I, I don't know. There's just so many shows to watch these days. So you only watched the first season ever? And a bit of the second one. Okay. And then just stopped watching it. But- uh, Hamilton the musical like blew up in 2016. Wow. It's amazing. We finally saw it uh, in Chicago For us, this Hamilton year. the musical was 2019. <laughs> uh, Harambe the Gorilla. Oh, God, you. No, uh, no. Sad. And Pokemon Go, which actually then <gasps> oh makes me God. feel like, oh, that was a long time ago. I remember doing Pokemon Go. At, like, we were living with our roommates, and we would go out to the park and stuff. Remember? I never played Pokemon as a kid, and I was like, Greg, you're going to do it. Lasted two weeks. Sometimes I still see people, like, clustered in weird parks. Sometimes oh, and yeah. I'm like, what are they doing? Are they smoking because people, drugs? Because I think no. now it's like the game's gotten even better. So even though it's not as viral, they, like, developed it over time to be, like, 
even more engaging. Honestly, and I think people who love it love it. If you're still playing Pokemon Go, power to you. That's awesome. Like true fans. Yeah. It's like we were all lame and we're like we love Pokemon. I actually have like loved Pokemon my whole yeah, life. Yeah, I'm surprised. But... I thought you would be one of those. Well, I didn't really love the game that much. I don't know why. It was crazy that we would leave our house at night and try to catch Pokemon. Yeah, and it was like <laughs> also the people who would like be at the I can't remember the words now, but they would have like the gym. The gym that you would fight. And they would be so good that I'd be like, I can never beat them. They're way ahead of me. I'm never going to get my Pokemon to that That's level. That's always how I felt about Pokemon. Anytime I played it, I'd be like, I would just start by running through the woods and running into the chicken or whatever. Never <laughs> so it, it, this, in science news, uh, what happened? We, oh my gosh, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, you're. <laughs> uh, humans detected gravitational waves for the first time. LIGO! Ever. LIGO, yes. yes. So I'm going to give you a little image. So 100 years earlier, Einstein had actually predicted the existence or the fact that when objects with a lot of mass accelerate, they can create these waves like ripples on a pond in space. And so there had been hints of it through the 70s, but no one had actually ever detected it. Like theoretically, he thought that, He right? thought it, and then in the 70s, I think they had some evidence of it, but not really. And then it was in 2016 that the LIGO Observatory actually witnessed or felt or detected the fact that two black holes had come close enough into proximity that they've started spiraling around each other and then crashed. And so because there's so much mass there, they made gravitational waves that were able to be picked up. So it was literally wow. detecting black two giant black holes crashing together. That is freaking so cool. Yeah. I loved that story too. And it was so interesting. And the mechanisms and how it was actually like such a like minute sort of like thing that they were able to detect. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's and it so far us, away. The reason it's significant, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you know about neutrinos. Remember that uh, the kid made the video about neutrinos yeah, who won yeah, the yeah. breakthrough uh, junior prize? Uh, it's similar in that neutrinos allow us to see the universe in a way that we couldn't before. Same with gravitational waves. It just opens up. We can detect things that we can't necessarily see with our eyes. It's oh. almost like another sense we have to go, oh, we can't see black holes, but we have things, we know ways to tell when they're there. We can see stuff in the universe that otherwise was invisible to us, but now we know and how to Einstein. measure things. Yeah. So smart. How? It's amazing. Einstein's my favorite influencer. Whenever, <laughs> whenever anyone asks me who's your favorite influencer, I'm like, Einstein, because actually I think he influenced a lot. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move into 2017. Okay, so this is the Women's March. So mm -hmm. Trump has been elected. We don't need to include that. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't say that in my 2016. Um, fidget that. spinners. Oh, God, I just feel like the world got worse. I'm just like, <laughs> cool, we had fidget spinners. <laughs> the Babadook was gay, which was fun. Uh, but Get Out came out that year. So that, I think, for me, places it. I just remember, mm -hmm. oh, that movie. Was, so I remember good. seeing that with you and our roommates and just like, Mind blown. So entertained, like so thoughtful, so freaking good. And I remember the trailer, seeing it like the the summer before it came out, and being like, "That looks like a, like a cheap Canadian, like <laughs> it looks like a really bad movie that the girl from Girls has decided to be in." Then I went and saw it. And was like, this like, is like the most brilliant, like artful, amazing movie. Okay, anyways. Yeah, that, it, it's funny. I'm like, what? Ha is that? Are there anything else to talk about? Get Out came out, but it's like, oh yeah, we're talking <laughs> about science. <laughs> so this one is one that I think is a lot. Uh, easier for us all to remember and understand, which is that the eclipse happened that year mm. on August 21st. Over in North America. In North America. Like yes. So it's a very North American centric story, but it really is like hard to find any other thing when you're looking at North American publications that were like, <laughs> this was the story of the year. Right. But I guess it is because I think it's when public pop culture discourse intersected with astronomy in a really mm. interesting and way. And it hadn't been over America in a long time. Yeah, 99 years. Mm -hmm. And I also think it's just like, it is really cool to stop. It's like stopping and smelling the flowers, but with science. You know what I mean? Like really just being like, okay, we are stopping. We are thinking about this. It was obviously really amazing. And it was cool to think that it was a moment where everyone was talking about science. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that is important. And, but there's going to be one going over America again in 2024, which is like kind of soon. Oh, wow. Yeah. And next December in Chile and Argentina, parts of it, it will be happening. So it okay. is exciting. It's going to happen again. And actually, the one in 2024 is going to be more easy for us to see in Toronto. So that's. I cool. just remember as a child, like, I, I don't know if there was ever a full eclipse, but I remember. It wasn't a solar told, eclipse. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just remember being like, don't look at the sun. You're going to yes. lose your eyes. Yeah. And I actually was like scared to go outside because <laughs> it's so tempting. Yeah. Just, yeah, like, yeah. Am, am I not allowed to like look in the air? I totally remember that. Like grade six or seven or something. I, I have memories of being younger. Like oh. maybe there was another time. 
I have memories of like being like six years old and being told, don't look at the sun. Maybe my parents were just saying in general, don't look at the sun. But I just remember this time like playing on, we had like a swing set in our backyard and just, I have a vivid Like memory. when you go up on your swing, don't look at the sun? It was just, I remember being scared to be outside, period. Wow. My anxiety started young. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Shall I go into 2018? Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I just, I, I, I thought we were going to cut. Continue. Okay. Uh, 2018, Beyonce's Coachella. I must say, Ugh, Beyonce best. could have been in basically every Every year. single one. It was like Beyonce had her baby, like Lemonade. Like, yeah. she, it was, it was her decade. It was decade. her year, for sure. Her, her decade. decade. It was her decade. I stayed up and watched Beyonce Coachella live on the YouTube stream, like, watching it on LA time. So I was, it was like three in the morning in Toronto. I watched it because mm. I, I couldn't sleep some serendipity. <laughs> and I remember being like, is this the most amazing? Cause I was so tired and it, like, I didn't realize it was going to have the impact that it did, mm-hmm. but it was like, I was like, what is happening? Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, also black Panther came out that year. Yes. The Royal wedding between Prince Harry and Meghan Merkel. I don't care. And Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson got engaged and also disengaged. Oh my God. <laughs> so that's a little context. Uh, but it was also advances in gene editing. So going back to CRISPR allowed same-sex mice to give birth Oh, together. my God. I remember this. I feel like this story has lingered around now yeah. for a while. People bring it up from time to time. So there's actually, gay people are like, are we going to be able to have babies? Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of what the question is, right? Like, yeah. can this eventually lead? The scientists were like, this is not obviously anywhere near being ready for And this is reason enough that I remember, use. and it's not a good ending. Anyways, continue. No. So on the female side, when there were two mothers... They did have pups successfully, and those pups grew up and were able to reproduce. So basically, they used CRISPR to modify embryonic stem cells from one mom and put it into an unaltered egg from another mother. And then they also have a surrogate mouse that actually develops it. In the females, it worked. In the males, it did work, but it was much more complicated. So they, because males don't have eggs, and you need an egg to have. Uh, to grow a baby and you need egg to grow (laughs) you need egg to grow Uh, so the scientists injected the sperm of one male into an altered embryonic stem cells of another and then put that into a female egg that had been stripped of its genetic material and those did grow and they came to term but unfortunately they died shortly after birth so the male version was not successful in the long term so gays calm down a little bit the same yeah happened, right? uh Cute but man. it's obviously very interesting very fascinating it brings up a lot yes. of ethical questions around what because there are many instances where people say but you know we can make people healthier we can yeah. think about diseases then and Stop people from having those yeah, diseases. Or used CRISPR in an amazing way to deal with sickle cell anemia. That mm-hmm. could be very yeah. It's not all scary, bad sci-fi. No, scary. and most scientists, I believe, are doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. But there was obviously the scientists in China who did it on human baby twins right? in order to make them like immune to HIV. It was so weird. It's just it's just and it wasn't it was approved, too early. right? Yes, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I think looking that up. He also didn't have proof. Like he was just saying he did it, and they actually haven't confirmed that he well, did technically. I'm sure he yeah, did. I'm yeah, sure yeah. he did. No, they he got in a lot of trouble. That was not. Yeah, good. but so that that's gonna be a big thing I yes. think in the next decade. Just even combating, like, what do we do? And we now what, know. Yeah. What do we do? Even if we we decide against it, what happens if other countries start using it and modifying all their babies to be X Y Z? Who knows? Oh what? my God, the Olympics will be so unfair. Okay. <laughs> Even though they already are hashtag doping. Um, hashtag okay. didn't Russia just get banned from like all sporting events? Coming oh up? yeah, I thought that was the last Olympics. <laughs> I think it just keeps happening. Yeah. <laughs> but then I saw someone being like, "Okay, still waiting for them to like ban countries that have literal human violations." Yeah, human rights violations. Yeah, sorry, human rights yeah. violations <laughs> that are literally just like killing people. I guess that's okay for uh, the Olympics. Oh god. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, the Olympics is <gasps> great podcast idea. Oh, and then coming up soon. Yeah. I will definitely go on the debate side for why they're bad. Um, <laughs> All okay. right, final year. The final year we buried the lead. No, opposite of buried the lead. Told you the lead a little Spoiled. bit with this one. And everyone should remember. And it was definitely the first visual depiction of a black hole. Mm-hmm. What date do you think that? When did that happen for you? What guess? This past oh. year. Like, where did it feel like? In my mind, it happened, like, in the spring. Yeah. Is April right? 10th. Okay. Cause okay. I, yeah. That's cool oh my god cool wow i have a really good memory <laughs> so it was this huge black hole at the center of the galaxy m87 55 million light years from earth that is That's wild like, so two billion people worldwide saw this image so it was a 
unlike the eclipse, which was more of like a North American thing, mm-hmm. this was like a worldwide yeah. moment. Which also makes sense because they had to use a bunch of radio telescopes all over the world, like mm-hmm. some in Hawaii, one in the South Pole, one in America. Like, it's pretty amazing to think of all of these telescopes coming together to gather the information. Mm-hmm. And the information was also so big that they couldn't send it over the internet that they had to fly like hard drives around and like, when they crazy. and they had like watch all the information come in and like ah like put it together. that's so wild when cool. i think of the hard drives that we use and i'm like it's too much but they probably had to like have crazy like, hard drives crazy hard, like i bet they had the craziest hard drives <laughs> wild <laughs> and yeah anyways obviously we all i assume people listening to this podcast like were there in that moment seeing it seeing the event horizon seeing the light that didn't fall into the black hole that's what you're seeing made some amazing memes. A lot of like ones that I looked back were kind of funny. It's like it's like your profile picture versus your tagged photos and it's like your profile picture is like what? like this epic black hole photo that we all imagine versus your tagged photos is like the the one. Like they were kind of making fun of how it's obviously such a miraculous thing, but the actual image itself is quite simple. <laughs> like that was like the joke. Right. <laughs> um that I thought were pretty We actually funny. met one of the guys who was like the head lead yeah. of the team. Like Shep Coleman was He was his name. really cool. Yeah, really, we, like, when we went to the Breakthrough Awards, we had a chance to interview him. It makes you realize like some of the scientists are so cool and they're not always just like awkward. Like, he could communicate. He was great. That's so funny, Dragon. That's so true though. Like we did you know, we meet lots of scientists and there is a stereotype about them that is so not true. Yeah, he you know was what so I mean? passionate. So... He was so engaging. He yeah. was so I was like, kind. get him a talk show. <laughs> I felt like all the scientists we met were like that. Most well, of them. Some, some had like some more shy, introverted characters, but, but so, that's not cares? just a scientific yeah. problem. Yeah. And that's not a problem at all. I don't know if I said problem. I'm an introvert and that is not a problem Yeah, but you're reading a book about how that's not a problem. <laughs> but um, yeah, and so it also confirmed theoretical predictions made on the basis of Einstein's general relativity. So there we are again with Einstein coming through for the win. Is someone alive now wow. who's going to be like Einstein? Like, I believe probably Stephen Hawking will have that legacy. Yeah. Not that he's alive anymore, but I'm trying to think, are there other people? And did people know at the time Einstein was it so genius? Or is well, it just- Sean Carroll is this physicist that I like and I listen to his podcast a lot. And he says some pretty intense things. Like his newest book is a controversial take on quantum physics right now that not everyone agrees with. That mm. if in the future, like if he's correct, yeah, then I think he, he might be seen as yeah, sort of prolific. The like in the multiverse and all these types of things. I think there's yeah. people saying things mm-hmm. that people are arguing about. That, That's what I mean. I yeah. wonder if Einstein was super famous in his day, or if it took. I guess like he if you was, if but- you have. If you can empirically prove that your ideas were right while you're alive. Yeah, but it's just, it's so much more astounding than 2019. Mm-hmm. We're still saying his name. Like, it's just it's amazing. amazing. It is just absolutely amazing. Truly the biggest influencer. Exactly. <laughs> and at least in the last century. Move over, David Dobra. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. We're caught that up. That is the decade. So we said we'd do it last week and then we did it. That is wild. We stuck that to our word. Is. I mean, what are you most looking forward to in the next decade? Oh, my God. Surviving. <laughs> oh, I thought you said Survivor. I was like, whoa, just because, like, all stars, all winners is happening. I didn't no. know you were so into Survivor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. So I'm going to say, hope, renewables. Renewables are cheaper than fossil fuels. Renewable energy taking over. Us coming together as a planet, figuring this out, ere- electing the right politicians, feeling at ease with life and doing the best that we can. And like watching my nephew grow and having kids. Oh, I want to have kids. Oh, in the next decade, yeah. So I want to have kids and <laughs> yeah. I uh, want to have kids in a world that I am proud of. Well, I'm everyone scared. can come together. <laughs> no, I think I think that's we a little bit of a <laughs> I'm we hoping are... that in the next decade that I think we're going to come to face to face with some of the things that we've created, including social media and these ideas around what is important. And we're going to have to realize as a society that they can be really toxic and they had amazing properties and amazing things about them. But now we really need to look at them in a new way. So in the, when we do our recap of the 20s, we're going to be like 2024 was the year. Remember when Instagram deleted itself and everyone got rid of it because the law came in and said you can't have it because it's making everyone sad? I don't know. <laughs> it's possible. No, I, I actually don't know. I just think. Imagine I, we did. Or Einstein, we predict. Yeah, they're like, uh, and on this, I know podcast. Yeah, should in we just try and say, okay, we're going to say a bunch of things. Earthquake into 2026, May oh, 7th. Oh, don't say that. That's so scary. That we all survive with our new earthquake. Yeah, that's shoes. true because they prepped <laughs> way ahead of time. Uh, no, I think it'll be, I'm so excited. It's going to be our 30s, so it's a new decade for us. 
and someone told me that your 30s are the hardest work what hardest oh, work like oh. you work the hardest it's like i can't survive a harder decade no no, no no like that your 30s are when you literally have to put in the most work like it's usually when you're having young kids and right. you're like job blah, so blah, blah, and then your 40s on. are when things start to like you know you slow down and you get to like it's a a year of hard 10 years of hard work apparently Okay, I don't know if that's exciting that to you or not. doesn't sound good to me, but <laughs> you're not really selling me on the kid thing when it's just hard work. Uh, no, I didn't I, know I had to sell you. Okay, we're going to take this <laughs> off the pod. Let's go. All we right, well, love you all. Yeah, thank you. Thank oh you gosh, for listening to you. our podcast over the last year and a bit that we've been doing it. I know we took like a six-month break from it, but... We did, but into the 20s together, we are all going. Mm-hmm. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be amazing. We will bring you hope on this podcast, and we're going to bring you all the things that have to do with climate change because it's the only thing that I'm thinking. I love how you're like, we'll bring you hope and doom from climate change. No, I'm not talking about doom. I'm talking about hope from climate change. That's my new way of researching Yeah, I think we want to look forward. (laughs) You know, we've got a lot of doom and that's important, but moving forward on any issues that matter, we should also really focus on how do we look into what people can do. What are the positive things? What are the inspiring things? Because it feels a little bit in the world that's what's missing right now. And it is the most important issue of our lives, especially if you want to think about 2030. Okay, well, enjoy the end of your year, and we'll talk to you guys in the new decade. Love y'all. That's me kissing you on the cheek. Consensual. Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.